I hear him in the world around me Every sound helps tell the story Splash of water, rush of wind I know God's talking to me I hear Jesus I hear Jesus I hear Jesus He's calling out to me Hello and welcome to I Hear Jesus a podcast to help us listen for Jesus in our everyday lives. My name's Miss Susie. And I'm Mr. Bill. We're from the Sewickley United Methodist Church in Sewickley, Pennsylvania. And as always, we're joined by our friend Lauren, who's a superhero, and her superpower is sound. You know, this week, I think that we should ask Lauren to just surprise us. Like, what kind of weird thing can she come up with to surprise us? Usually we challenge her, but you're going to let her challenge Mm, us? I want to see what she comes up with. It's not really cool. I like that. That was beautiful. I have never heard an instrument like that. Lauren says it's called an oud. Have you ever heard of an oud? I've not heard an oud. I thought maybe I'd heard that before, like in movies, because it creates it creates a cool sound. It creates a cool scene. Yeah, that's really neat. I like that. Lauren said that's an instrument that's kind of similar to what they would have used back at the time that Jesus was around. It's a, a popular in a lot of Middle Eastern countries and areas like that, and and that's maybe something that Jesus would have listened to. So that's a pretty cool that sound is cool. effect. That was. That was like the first Christmas music. Might have been an oud. Oud to Christmas. <laughs> nice. I that was nice, Lauren. That. No, that was good. I like that. I like hearing that music. Yeah. Well, this season we are talking about Christmas surprises. So I was a little surprised by the sound of the oud. I wasn't expecting to hear. I wasn't expecting to hear music like that, and I wasn't expecting an instrument to be called an oud. So surprises everywhere. Well, you know, it's not the first time I've been surprised by an instrument in the Christmas story. Because here at this church, we play a little drummer boy on mm, Christmas Eve. I love that song. It used to drive me crazy. <laughs> There's well, no drummer boy in the Bible. Oh, but it's such a great song. Oh, it is. It's a great song, and I love drums. I wish I could play drums. And you guys, you and Lauren with their super... Hero Powers were playing big drums in the Drummer Boy song last year. It's a great time. So why don't why does it bother you? Why does it drive you crazy? Well, I used to think that that the words on the page were the whole story. But I've learned that reading the Bible, God gives us room for our imagination. Mm. We're allowed to think about what might have been, what it might have looked like, what it might have sounded like, who might have been there. So they don't talk about a drummer boy actually in the Bible, but you can imagine there being a drummer boy when you listen to the song. I'm thinking if I was a boy and and I, you know, if I met Jesus for the first time, I'd want to do something special. And, you know, a lot of us don't sing, but playing a drum is something a boy would do. Mm -hmm. So now maybe it makes sense. I know a few boys and girls that play drums all the time. (laughs) Yes, yes, you do. So... So I like that. So maybe today we can read some in the Christmas story and maybe think about the use our imagination to think about what else could have been going on in the background that we might not have thought of before. And exactly. And we've 
we've invited somebody in who can help us, who, who likes to read the Bible and likes to think about things in the Bible and maybe imagine about the Bible. Pastor Hannah is here with us. Welcome, Pastor Hannah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I do happen to like the Bible quite a bit. And I also think there's probably a lot that happened that we don't actually see show up in the Bible. So I think it's going to be fun to talk about some of those things today. And the Bible is a big book, but they can only write down so many things. And it, ta- it talks about a lot of different stuff. What are your thoughts on the drummer boy? Could have been? Could have been? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I could go there for sure. <laughs> we could imagine that. Yeah. But maybe the drummer boy was actually playing an oud. Maybe it was an oud boy Ooh. instead. Yeah. An oud boy. Ooh. Oh, I like that. <laughs> All right, well, before we start listening to the Christmas story and reading our scripture, we need to talk about the sound search. So for our sound search this week, you are going to hear a special sound effect, and then you're going to listen for it during our story. And this week, our story is going to be the scripture, and we're just going to talk about the scripture of how the Bible talks about Christmas. So while we're reading and talking, you're going to listen for the sound of Christmas bells. And you are going to count how many times you hear that bell ding. So when we start the scripture, listen for the bell, Count up how many times you hear it, and then we'll give you the answer at the end. Sounds good. And you have to be careful because Lauren is very tricky. She does not <laughs> like when people get the answer right all the time. She tries to be sly about this. Yeah. Well, you know, the good thing is God lets us do do-overs, and we can always go back and try it again. Lauren lets us do do-overs, too. She does. She's very forgiving like that. We appreciate it. <laughs> so let's start with Isaiah Chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I like this because I like to imagine I like to make an image of my head of what all of the names would be like. So like a wonderful counselor, like what in my head do I think of as a wonderful counselor? And and like a prince of peace, what would prince of peace look like? These are probably not necessarily titles either that we would consider as royal titles for people in governmental positions or um, officials or Um, Anybody in a royal court, perhaps, Um, these are definitely helpful titles. They're active titles. Wonderful counselor. I think of somebody who can really help me and help me think through problems and think through uh, things that I have going on in life. Mm -hmm. So they're helpful titles. Like a friend. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful counselor is definitely a friend. Somebody I can talk to. I like that there's a mighty God. Big. Everlasting Father. Big. Prince of Peace. Big. But he begins the list with what wonderful counselor. That is so cool. The counselor listens to people individually, listens to everybody, and helps them kind of one at a time or in small groups. So before of all the big stuff, he takes care of the little stuff. Mm, that's a really good point. I like that. You know, I also notice in this Bible verse, it talks about the government will be on his shoulders. What do you think that means? Jesus is going to take over the government? I don't think Jesus is taking over the government. And it says the government will rest on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I think about, I wonder if anybody listening has ever rested on somebody's shoulders before. It's almost like you're taking a break, right? You're, you're having trouble walking. You're tired. And so an uh, uh, adult comes along who is big and strong, and you trust, and you crawl up on their shoulders, and you rest. I wonder if in this case we are saying the government can just rest while we trust in God to do the work. Mm, That's a good point. That's beautiful. I like that. Now, this was, I looked this up. This was written 700 years before Jesus was born. I wonder how he knew that there was going to be a child that was going to be born. I don't have the answer. It just struck me that, wow, it begins with the child. You know, I'd like to think that God is telling us that the children are important and the childhood is important and that great things come from people who start as children. Mm-hmm. Well, and 700 years before Jesus even came, Isaiah saw his coming as something for him personally. It was Jesus was coming to help Isaiah. He knew it was going to happen and he knew it wasn't going to happen in his lifetime. It was going to come someday, uh, but it was still. It was still for him and everyone around him. No, we never had to do this because Jesus came before us. But for those people who came before Jesus, do you think they would have been excited? Do you think they would have been um, expecting something really, really soon? Or do you think it would have been enough just to know that God has a plan and that this wonderful counselor is on his way? And we can believe, we can trust God that he'll be here at some point. I don't know. I'm kind of impatient. I want it to happen now. (laughs) I think they would have hoped for something really, really soon. But I wonder if eventually they lost patience in hoping so much. If eventually uh, a lot of the prophecies that happen in Scripture, they're, they're a little bit more immediate, right? They take place a lot quicker than this took place after Isaiah spoke it. I wonder if they... Maybe even generations came where they forgot that this is what they were hoping for. So the next question is, do you think they would have been carrying this around generation after generation saying, there's a promise out there and a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father is on his way. Do you think they would have connected? I don't know. I think you forget that it actually could happen in the now. It's going to happen in the present. Um, so sometimes you can get really caught up in that, okay, well, this this is just a thing that we say, and it's going to happen someday, and whatever, it's in the future, but it's not really real to me. So I expect when Jesus actually came, it was kind of a shock that, wait, wait, he's he's actually here now? What do you mean? That's not, 
that's still, that's going to happen sometime, long time from now. I definitely think it took some time for people to maybe remember what was said. Somebody had to guide them to remember the words that were said. Um, And definitely, we know a lot of people didn't believe it, even after Jesus started living in to the prophecies, some more of the prophecies. We know that even then, people didn't necessarily believe. So some of them might have had this right on their mind, but I think it took some time. I'm glad we have it now. I like this passage. I like that job description of who Jesus is, who he's going to be. Yeah, and it really also shows that God, he really does know what's going on. He knew from the beginning, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. I got it under control. Trust me. Now we're going to read from the book of Luke, from the second chapter. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child while they were There the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. Every time I hear this, I just imagine poor Mary being really pregnant and having to hike all the way from Nazareth, far away, all the way over to Bethlehem. Like, I I had kids. I was pregnant. That's a lot of work for a poor pregnant lady to have to go so far. Like, I feel bad for Mary. And not in a car. Right, not in a car. Or maybe not even on a donkey. There's no donkey in the words uh, on the page. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, when when I was pregnant, I'm not sure that I could have walked miles and miles and miles to try to get somewhere else. I would have really appreciated a donkey if I had a donkey. Donkey might have been a little uncomfortable, too. Yeah. Uh, she might have been uncomfortable by the time they got there. You got uh, to take what you can get, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah, that's right. There's only so many options. Do you think there were any other animals in the manger, near the manger, around the manger? Because no animals mentioned in the story. I do. I think there probably were animals. I think there is a lot of animals in the background and around the mangers uh, just in that day, especially because we're going to see shepherds enter in. So I definitely think there were animals there. So now I've got the same question about people. 
such as the drummer boy. It doesn't mention any other people, just Joseph and Mary, and then a baby. Do you think there might have been other people there? Would they have been traveling with other people? Or did the baby cry and wake up other people? Yeah, I don't know. I would think there would be some other people that would have come with them. But my guess is they probably a lot of those people had family that they would go and stay with. Um, And so I don't know that there would have been other people right there, but maybe. I think there probably would have been, especially since Mary was pregnant, uh, somebody there to help. I think that would have been part of their plan, to have somebody go with them to help her through that pregnancy. That's a good through point. Through the birth. God doesn't yeah. want us to be alone. He wants he gives us help when we need help. I feel like when I read this, there are so many emotions that you're going to a new place. You're not sure if there's going to be space, but you're about to have a baby. And at this point, they accepted that and were happy about it. So they could have been excited and scared, confident that the will of God was working out, but uncertain about what that was going to mean. I'm sure many of us, and though many people listening have experienced all kind of emotions at one time. What about you guys? Oh my gosh, having a baby for the very first time, like it's terrifying and exciting and joyful and and scary and you just feel so much all at once. I can't even imagine if you knew the baby was God and you were coming to give birth to Jesus, to God. I feel like that's a lot of pressure. Mary must have been, uh, she seems to have it under control, though. She seems to be doing okay. It's probably a reason she was the chosen one. I know, (laughs) I know. But that was my thought. I'm looking at it from dad's point of view, Joseph. Mm -hmm. I got this gift, this assignment from God. Uh, He's going to share his son with me. And now on the first night, I messed it up. (laughs) I don't have any place for them to stay. We're out here with the animals. We just put the kid in a manger. I wonder if they imagined it when they first heard the angels come and talk to them, Mary and Joseph, if they thought, oh, we're going to go, like, we're going to be the parents of God's son, and we're going to go, and we're going to, it's going to be this beautiful, magical moment, and and we're going to have everything we could could imagine, and and lots of help, and treated like royalty. Yeah. 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 I mean, you would expect with such an important job to do that they would be in an important place, but the manger is kind of out of the way. Do you think God is sending us a message through that story? He's telling us about where you're born. It doesn't really matter. It's a matter of who's, who's there, and I'm there with you, and if it's dark, if it's light, if it's cold, if it's hot, if there's a goat in the room, you know, it's still going to be okay because I'm there. And God definitely was there and definitely was taking care of them because he knew. He knew what was going to happen. All right. Should we move on to this? There's more. There's more. There's more. Yes. All right. We're going to read. This is, a, this is the very next passage. Oh, this is my favorite part. In Luke. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I love this part because if I was an angel, this is exactly what I would do. I would be like bursting with joy and so excited to tell somebody that I would be like, look, here's a couple random shepherds hanging out in a field and they're awake. I'm going to go tell them. I got to tell somebody. I'm so excited. And the, and the angel comes out and he tells them and they're terrified because all of a sudden an angel pops out in front of them. Like, how scary is that? But the angel's like, look, this is great news. We're so excited. We have a, there's a baby and it's God's son and it's the Messiah and yay. And then all the angels, all the rest of them jump up behind him and they're like, hallelujah. And so excited. Everything, everybody's excited. Like they just can't contain it. I love that. I wonder if the host of angels that joined the first angel, if they were sent by God or if they were just watching and thought, we got to be part of this. We got to sing right now. Because God usually works one angel at a time. But I think like the angels got just, they were so excited that this was finally the night they've been waiting for that all the angels just jumped in and started singing. Oh, yeah. I think they were excited. I think they just couldn't contain themselves. Do you think that they, it says that they were joined by a vast host of others. Do you think just in sound or in sight they were joined by a vast host of others? Do you think the shepherds just saw one or 10,000 angels? Oh, I imagine the whole sky being full of angels and the poor little shepherds just no idea what's going on and just in complete awe and shock. Would that scare you? It would scare me, but also how cool would that be to have a whole host of angels singing out of the sky at you? That would be Again, lots of emotions that you're feeling all at the same time, right? A little bit scared, a little bit surprised. Okay, a lot surprised, um, but probably also really excited once you let it start to sink in some. Like, wow, this is really happening. Like, you just have to respond to it yes. like we see them do. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. If I was a shepherd that night, and because, you know, I'm a shepherd, I'm working at night, I'm guessing maybe everybody else has already heard the story. Maybe I'm the last one to hear it. Oh, that's true. Because they didn't, they didn't know. No, they didn't know that they were picked out special. I don't think the angel says that specifically. We can read, we look back and we can see that now. Um, but, you know, I would just think, well, everybody knows. Everybody must know. I feel like if there's a whole host of angels talking to me, I wouldn't be thinking about what's happening anywhere else. <laughs> or if anybody else knows at that point, I would still just be pretty fixated on whatever's going on in the sky in front of me. I also like this part of the passage because it really does talk to the fact that, you know, God and the angels wanted to tell the shepherds, like the little guys out in the fields, out doing the dirty work, like they didn't pick the king to tell. They didn't pick the governor to tell. They didn't pick the emperor to tell. They picked the shepherd. A couple shepherds hanging out in the field, playing with their sheep. I wonder if that was a setup. Oh, as we are supposed to think about Jesus as the great shepherd. Mm. And that was yeah, a setup for the rest of the story. 
because I feel like so much of what we read, it's a setup for something else. Like it, the angels didn't just pick them because they were excited in that moment and had to proclaim to somebody. But I feel like everything God does is intentional for the bigger picture. Yeah, and the Bible certainly does refer to Jesus as a shepherd and us as his sheep all the time. And also that it doesn't have to be the biggest, most important person around. Um, God is always talking to the normal people. He's always talking to just, you know, the regular people that are living around that are just doing their thing. Um, that's who he's he's calling out to. Yeah. Everybody else sees them as the normal people or the underdog, right? But God sees them all just as special as the other. So you mean God sees all of us as superheroes? Yeah, I believe so. I love that. I also like the tender moment that they share with the shepherd of don't be afraid. And we see that repeated throughout the Christmas story. Don't be afraid. Because we're always afraid when we are met with the unexpected. But then the angel tells them, you know, I have good news instantly. You know, they're not like, oh, this fear again. Here we go. It's just instantly, I've got good news for you. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's really real. Anytime something unexpected happens or change is happening, people get afraid. Like, I know I'm what I'm familiar with. That feels safe. That feels normal. I like that. Um, but change can be hard, even if it's really good change. Um, and so I like, you're, you're right. The angel kind of reassures them and tells them like, you know, it's, it's okay. I know you're afraid and I know this is a big change, but that's okay. I always wonder about the strips of cloth. That seems like an unusual way to treat a child. Strips of cloth. But of course I've researched this. They said that a child actually feels hugged when you wrap him in cloth. Instead of one blanket, which won't stay snug, the strips of cloth will hold him and he'll feel like he's being held. I love the imagery, though. Do you think that even Jesus needed to be comforted as he was coming into this great big world? He was a baby. Yeah, any other baby. And he was human. I think he probably did need the comfort. So we humans had the opportunity of comforting God. But I wonder where the strips came from. Like, did Joseph have to tear up his his scarf or something? Or did, did they borrow these from people who might have been there? Like, everybody give me a little something and we'll wrap up the baby? I like to think of it that way. Like, whatever people might have been there, everybody contributed a little something, a scarf something to wrap him up in. Yeah, and I think that would make a lot of sense because I think the people who were around were there to help. They were, you know, they wanted to do something to make sure that this baby was safe and comfortable and healthy and warm and happy. And that's one of the easy things you can do to help a newborn baby is give them a little something to wrap them up in. You don't think they got it from their baby shower and had it ready in their <laughs> hospital to go back? <laughs> No? With the car seat yeah. and yeah, all ready to go? <laughs> Probably not. But again, it's a baby. Why did the angels come and, and wake up the shepherds and say, there's a man going to be baptized in the river tomorrow and he'll be Jesus 
starting today. And he'll be teaching, he'll be healing. Why did angels want everybody to see a baby? Well, I think it's important that God came to us as a fully human being. He started as a baby and just like every single one of us, and he has experienced all those things. You experience so much as a kid, learning and growing and trying to understand what's happening in the world around us. And the fact that Jesus went through that as well, because um, you know, when he was three years old, when he was five years old, he didn't know everything. He he wasn't able to go out and preach to everybody when he was five years old. You know, he had to learn. He had to learn how to be a human being and, and how to grow up. So having gone through all of that, you know, he really is just like us. He He did all those things just like we did. I definitely think that makes him more relatable when we think about it. But I also think there, again, is another level of intentionality here where it fits the prophecy. It's a fulfillment of the words that have already been spoken. For unto us a child is born. But if I'm a kid, what do I take away from the story? If if the baby that's born in a manger can grow up to be Jesus— do I have the same kind of hope? Can I grow up and do special things that help people and love people and teach people? You think I, uh, God is intentional in that way? Yeah, they don't even have to grow up to be special. They can do special things even as their kids. Just whatever age you are as you're listening right now, you could be special and do something special. And God speaks to kids and how special they are all throughout the Bible. He really makes a point to show that that kids are special, kids have a special relationship with God, and that's important. So, yeah, I think I think Jesus came as a baby because he needed a childhood. And if all you got's a drum to play or an oud to play, <laughs> if you play it for the Lord, that's special. All right, so we have one more passage to read. Again, this is still in Luke. This is the very next passage in the Bible. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What do you hear in that part of the story? The first thing I think about is is after the angels had left and the shepherds um, say to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. I think they probably stood there for several minutes staring at each other with their mouth open, like, what was go? What just happened? I don't what's going on? And then do you think that they went expecting that what the angels had said was actually true or going to figure out if what the angel actually said was true? I, I, I really love that part of the story in which they encourage each other. Let's go. Because on their own, who knows what they might have done. But together, let's do this thing together. Mm -hmm. It's always easier with a friend. 
I like that they didn't take their time. They hurried. Like there, there, there is definitely an excitement in their response here. Um, they weren't dragging their feet. Maybe whatever fear they had it is still there a little bit, but maybe propelling them forward at this point. It's just, it just feels like excitement at this point. Excitement and and expectation. What are we going to find? Let's hurry up and figure it out. That's one part of the story that we don't, we haven't added to our tradition. We should go out at midnight on Christmas and take a little jog. And run. Run, yeah, run through run. the dark. See, this is what it was like to be a shepherd, running through the dark. I also like that after they saw the baby, and you notice in the Bible, it doesn't really talk a lot about how long they spent with the baby or what they said or anything like that. It just says, they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And then they went out and told everybody. They didn't even have Facebook or TikTok that they could share the word. They had to go out and tell everybody. They didn't have cell phones either. They didn't have cell phones. But now this, I mentioned earlier that I thought Joseph was probably really nervous about this. I think Mary might have been too. I've never been the mother, but, you know, put your baby down in the manger, in the stable. There's no room. I'm thinking I'm messing this up. I'm not doing a very good job. And then God put somebody right in front of me, the shepherds, who said, angels are singing about this. This is where you're supposed to be. And everything is just as it's supposed to be. That would be such a gift to be Joseph and Mary, to have their shepherds come running in and saying, God knows and he's happy. I'm sure that that made them really happy too, just to know, have that little bit of reassurance. I mean, they both seem to be very faithful people and very trusting in God's plan, but they're still people. I'm sure they were having worries and having doubts and like, are we going to do this right? Are we going to be okay? And, you know, like God sending in the shepherds like, no, we got this. I'm happy. I'm excited. I think we all like a little bit of affirmation. Just, just yeah, the, that's the perfect word, affirmation. Yeah, yeah. Just the word. We know. We know. It's, so far, anyways, it's, it's good. And the fact that Mary took all of this in and, and remembered it and kept thinking over what happened on this night. I'm sure on the days that she was struggling as a mom and, you know, maybe baby Jesus is throwing the food across the, across the room and throwing a fit or something like that, she would think back to this night and think, God's got it under control. Everything's going to be okay. This is the Son of God, and He is amazing. I love that as a mom myself, I can even think that. Even though I'm not raising Jesus necessarily, I'm hopefully raising someone who wants to be like Jesus and show love. So in those moments where they're throwing their food on the floor, even I can think, God's got this under control. It's going to be okay. So do you think the shepherds, who were they telling? Were there people out? Is it like early morning now or is it still in the middle of the night? Were they knocking on doors telling people? Were they shouting? I think they're running through the streets ringing bells. Ding, 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 ding. And they're going through and they're like yelling and screaming. And the Messiah is born. Praise God. I wonder what kind of response they got. Like if you're laying in bed and you hear some guys outside in the street yelling about the Messiah. I expect there were some people yelling back at them. <laughs> Maybe not saying all all nice things. Yeah, were they actually 
talking to people or just kind of talking at people? Like, I mean, <laughs> whoever will listen, whoever yeah. will, mm-hmm. whoever has ears to hear. And and I wonder, um, was it the night? It's not really clear about what time of the day Did it is you know by the time, time they get day? there. Yeah. yeah. You always think of it as being in the night because you think all of these things happen really close together. Like Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds, and the shepherds came. And you think about that all happening in like an hour, like right at midnight. But, you know, it doesn't have to be the case. It could have taken, it could have taken hours. So maybe the drummer boy came in the morning. Wake everybody up with some drums. <laughs> I wonder what the people who um, weren't able to house Mary and Joseph, if they heard the shepherds telling this, did they wonder, oh, I wonder if it was that nice young couple who we weren't able to house here. And I wonder if people started to put together, oh, it was that couple who came into town last night, you know, started to connect the dots. I wonder what that next morning was like. People found out that there's a couple and their baby and they're in the manger. They're next to the manger. We don't know if it's in a barn or in a corral or in a cave or in a house. In a field. In yeah, a field. A grotto. But if they, if that was a pretty good morning, if people started bringing food and blankets and everything that a child would need, did everybody kind of jump right in to support them? Yeah. Well, I wonder if some people maybe felt guilty because they didn't make a place. And here it turns out this... You know, this pregnant woman is having the son of God and I couldn't even give up my bed for one night. Like maybe some people felt guilty because they didn't help it anymore. Did the shepherds send their their wives or women the next day to go and, and help out some more and make them even more comfortable? Or uh, hospitality was such a big deal in, in that age and that culture. I wonder if if they, yeah, were taken in after that. Yeah, we think about, you know, it was probably a hard night being outdoors and at the manger, but it could have, could have been a pretty nice Christmas. You know, at a time of hospitality, and a time when people shared, and, um, and this is Joseph's hometown, so he's one of them. Yeah, and I feel like God would probably have touched everybody. I mean, you know, it does say that the shepherds were telling lots of people, and the people were amazed at what the shepherds said. So, you know, God was touching them through their through the shepherds. And I think when God touches you, you're inclined to gratitude and you're inclined to helping others and you know, you wanna you wanna do the right thing. It does say that they went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. I can't imagine that that just lasted for one night or one day and then they forgot about it. But I love that. Back to work. Back to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Back to yeah. work. You know, Savior's born, but I, I got to take care of the sheep. Got to go back to work. But I'm sure work was different after that. Maybe done with a little more enthusiasm, maybe. I'm not saying they didn't have enthusiasm the night before, but maybe this was <laughs> a little more enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. Things don't seem quite so dark after we've experienced such a great light. See, that's why I like talking like this. I never thought about the day after, what it might have been like for the shepherds, what it might have been like for Joseph and Mary and the baby. Yeah, hope came into the world, and I think it resonated with those people for a long time. 
I'm thinking the next day wasn't as silent as the night. Mm, yeah. There might have been some oud music. People probably got out their <laughs> ouds. Even for the animals. I mean, our, you know, our own pets feel excitement when we feel excitement. Even for, even for creation. I wonder how they were praising God on that night. All the birds singing. I can just imagine. There's no birds in the story. Yeah, you have to imagine the birds. <laughs> oh, there were birds. <laughs> I'm sure there were birds. I mean, probably the standard, like, like an animals that they were raising and things like that. But there were, there were birds all over the place. What do you think if you were a child in Bethlehem that next morning? And you hear all this activity that's happening around this new baby. It seems to me like kids kind of, they run to babies. They like babies. Like, I wonder if Mary let him hold the baby. You think there were kids who got to hold the baby Jesus? I bet there were. I bet there were a lot of people who came to see him. And, you know, as a new mom, she may have been a little bit like, I, you know, we got to be careful. He's only a couple hours old. He's a brand new baby. But, you know, I, I think there would have been lots of people around who were, who just wanted a chance to look at him and smile at him and give him a hug. Can you imagine getting to hug Jesus? That would be beautiful. I definitely. I'm, I'm always nervous around babies. I don't know what I would have done if I'd have walked up there, if I'd asked to hold the baby, or if not. Would you? Would you have held the baby, Pastor Hannah? Would you? Um, I imagine, but I do wonder. Uh, not like when we have babies, we go into a hospital, right? And we we're kind of secluded and by ourselves until we come home. I think they're probably a little bit more used to having people around for the whole ordeal. And I expect Mary was probably a little tired and sore after giving birth and was probably pretty happy to have some people to help <laughs> her with the baby. And traveling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. All right. So do, what do we learn? What do we learn about imagining? Does it get more confusing? Does it get more exciting? You know, every time I read the Christmas story and I really think about it, sometimes— Somebody will read the Christmas story to me or I'll read it to somebody else and I just go through and do it. But if I really stop and think, there's so much more going on than what's happening in the words. And, you know, I I hadn't really ever thought what it would be like for the kids around or for, you know, the people the next day or for, you know, like what the shepherds felt like after they had seen baby Jesus and they went back to work. Like that's, you know, there's always more to think about. It feels like the the wonderful counselor was working even in our conversation because it took us further, you know, just when we read it ourselves, but when we actually spend time talking about it with each other, we spend time talking about it with our parents or with our friends, it seems to take us further than what we might have got on our own, a deeper understanding, revealed something new. So if we keep talking about it, we'll keep finding new things and feeling new Feeling new emotions? Ah, that's feeling the, new connections? That's, that's the word I want, connections. That's the miracle of God's word. I think there's always something new to be discovered. All right. Well, we do still have one final thing that we need to talk about before the end, and that's our sound search. So if you listened carefully through all of our readings and discussions and everything, 
How many times did you hear the Christmas bell? Four times. Wow, that was four Christmas bells that we heard throughout that story. So if you missed one of them, or maybe you heard more than four, you thought you did, go back and listen to it again and see if you can find all of the Christmas bells as they're dinging for us throughout our discussion. Pastor Hannah, would you be willing to take us out with a prayer? Yes. Almighty God, wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, we pray that you speak to each of us in our lives, reveal to each of us something new about your story. Give us gratitude in our hearts that we may desire to go and share your love with all people because it is such good news. We thank you for it and it always being with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And thank you all for listening to I Hear Jesus. Special thanks to Pastor Hannah. And you can find us online at www.sewicklyumc.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Sewickley UMC. I'm Miss Susie. And I'm Mr. Bell. And we'll catch you next time on I Hear Jesus. Bye. See ya. I hear him in the world around me. Every sound helps tell a story. Splash of water, rush of wind. I know God's talking to me. I hear Jesus. I hear Jesus. 